It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the moment last just... Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutritional information. I'm Darlene Kavis, Certified Nutrition Specialist, and I thank each of you for listening today. You know, nutrition is such an important topic because poor nutrition affects all people, both men and women, young and old, rich and poor. It is even affecting the soldiers joining today's army, which is interesting. Excess weight is the leading reason the army rejects potential recruits. Easy. Yes. The army is finding the soldiers they're getting in today's army are not in as good a shape as they used to be. And the general who is in charge of the basic training said it is not just an army issue. It's a national issue. You know, just another example of how poor nutrition is affecting everyone today. So to change the topic a little bit, I'm going to welcome Anna Derhack back to the show this morning as our co-host. You know, she's been away for a brief, very brief maternity leave. And you welcomed a baby boy into your family, didn't you? Yes, I did. Number three. Number three. Yes. His name is Lucas. Born July 5th, so he's um, almost two months old. And so you were on the show on July <laughs> July, July 3rd, because right, it was July the day before, yeah. <laughs> and then I went into labor the next day, so I must have just pushed everything along. <laughs> so, so, but I love my kids. I have three, I think most of the listeners know that, um, two two girls, Isabel's um, four, going to be in preschool this year, and Genevieve's two and a half so just as spunky as ever and from four to two and a half to two months <laughs> and she completed her master's degree in nutrition during this whole process yep. and and she's smiling <laughs> <laughs> and she's always happy and laughing i am i am you're such a blessing oh, oh you are thanks Dar, so are you <laughs> Thanks for having me on. (laughs) So we have a lot planned for the show today. And joining us just in a couple of minutes is Dr. Stacy McCary. She's a national expert on the role nutrition plays in supporting the reduction of symptoms in children who experience autism. So how nutrition affects autism. And we're all set to ask Dr. McCary lots of important questions about food, the environment, Mm -hmm. autism, And then maybe around 8.30 break, I think she has to leave around that time, we'll open up the phone lines. And and just for you, you can ask the nutritionist any question. So let's get started by welcoming Dr. Stacy McCurry. Um, You, good morning, Dr. McCurry. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you all? You know, a couple of things I noticed. You are a fellow in functional medicine. Yes. You are also a... Uh, nutrition specialist, a certified nutrition specialist, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yes, yes. I am. So, um, and you, your practice focuses on kids and focuses on helping parents that have children with autism. Is that right? It absolutely does. And it, it's so interesting because earlier in my practice years, things focused a little bit more on kids with ADD and ADHD. Mm-hmm. And yep. now it's almost entirely autism. Yes, and I'm seeing the developmental delays. 
So, and we know that 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 number for has gone up, hasn't it? There's it a, has gone up substantially. Currently affecting one in ninety children. Wow, one in ninety. Yeah. One in ninety. Those are the numbers for two thousand nine from the American Pediatric Association. That is scary. Yes, it's it's, it's disturbing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. you really feel blessed, don't you? Because you <laughs> yeah. have three, and they're all perfect. <laughs> and they're all perfect. Yeah. They're so healthy. So. I heard a gasp there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, as nutritionists, we often have clients who experience autism, um, and yeah. again, it can be in. All ages, obviously, but as they grow older. But since we have such a short time today, could you, Dr. Makari, kind of go into the connection between gluten sensitivity and autism? Absolutely. There, there is a, and I think the word connection it's, is, is maybe a little bit strong, okay. but probably approximately 70% of the children that we work with, and, and some numbers show higher, like 90% of the children that we work with having developmental delays have a gluten sensitivity. Wow. Um, now, that seems to be an aspect, a part of the trigger of the cascade of events that may lead to what we then, you know, diagnose as autism. Right. Mm-hmm. But taking a step back, we certainly do understand that there is a combination of a person's predisposing genetics, and gluten sensitivity has predisposing genetics. There are a couple of right. genes that, that code for potential gluten sensitivity. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Yep. You have to, of course, then be exposed to the protein gluten. Remember, gluten is in wheat, barley, and rye. Yep. So we've got to take some predisposing genes mix it in with an exposure, mm-hmm. and then in some sensitive children or more uh, predisposed individuals, though that combination can lead to a spectrum of symptoms that then we call autism or autism spectrum disorders. And, of course, the presentation or the symptoms of those can be extremely broad, just like you said, mm-hmm. uh, in, in age group, in the presenting symptoms. It's just not a simple diagnosis, uh, but I would say I don't know a child in my practice. I might have one or two, but I can't think of a child in my practice that is not on a gluten-free diet as part of their treatment plan. Okay. You know, I think one of the things that is interesting is that, um, and and I think a lot of people say, well, why are so many people becoming gluten-sensitive? Do yeah. we just know more? But again, I want a couple of things that we always talk about on the show here is that there's 50% more gluten in our breads and in our wheat products than there used to be. Exactly. And so maybe that predisposition, it, it just gets triggered by this higher level of gluten than we used to have. No, you are precisely right. And, and every day I answer this question regarding, you know, why the increase in numbers. And you're exactly right. There is 50% more gluten in the bread products that we eat, then let us not forget that as a nation, wheat products are our number one food that we ingest. Wow. So there's a large quantity <laughs> that we're putting in. Right. So that's a large exposure, and you're exactly right, then a higher concentration of exposure combined with some ge- genetic predispositions, and we just created a perfect storm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Know, just, we just made the the setting just perfect. Just for egged the, it on for the expression of the symptomology. Right. 
You know, a couple of other topics. So, cause we probably will come back to that topic on gluten. As, oh, it can as, go on forever, and yes. I can talk, I can talk right. about that one for hours. And you know, and I think we'll probably have some people calling in to ask you some questions. Sure. But you know, I want to talk about another thing that I understand. There's been some speculation about a connection to a deficiency of vitamin D in mm-hmm. autism. Well, there is. There was a study, particularly on maternal vitamin D deficiency. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly we do find very commonly that the children often have vitamin D deficiencies. We think those are a little bit more connected to the malabsorption and maldigestion or their inability to break down and utilize their food, which probably stems from the gluten sensitivity. Okay. And therefore they have these nutrient deficiencies because you know, they may be getting the nutrients in, but they may not be able to utilize and absorb them. So that's part of the puzzle. Another part is we're seeing widespread moms who are deficient during pregnancy. So are ah. they consistently testing for vitamin D deficiency? No. Anna, you know, you just had this. Were you tested? Uh-uh. Uh-oh. Nope. No. <laughs> it was uh-huh. not. I mean, you know, so you... Uh, yeah, I was taking 5,000 IUs every day uh-huh. during yes. pregnancy, yeah. During pregnancy. And, yeah. and it, it's something that needs to be monitored. Now, as in our traditional allopathic docs measuring vitamin C as a part of a prenatal care program, not to my knowledge. I have seen no papers. I've seen no announcements. I know quite a few OB-GYNs. Uh, and, and no, and, and it's, it's startling because there really are multiple things that should be evaluated during pregnancy. Vitamin right. D is one of them, and then yeah. essential oil statuses are another, the Definitely. EPA and DHA ratios. Right. right. You know, Dr. So, Makari, a couple of, just this past week, a couple of my clients came in and said, oh, you know, I had my vitamin D level checked in it. One was 12 and one was oh. 17. And yeah. then I've heard yeah. rumors, and I don't know if this is true, but there's some people that go in that they have like zero vitamin D level, and wow. they're pregnant. Now, I have not experienced yeah. that in my own practice, but I have. I think my lowest I've seen is probably a seven or a five. Wow! Mm-hmm. And that you know might as well be zero. Right. And you know, just for our listeners to know, we think we recommend fifty-five to a hundred is the is the yeah. range it should be. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can see when you're at 12, you're really, really deficient. Yes, you are significantly deficient. You're at high risk. Um, uh, there is, of course, a cancer connection. I don't want to change the subject mm-hmm. on you, but there is a cancer connection to those vitamin D deficiencies in, in adults. And this is what's so interesting about the autism work that I do. And I explain to my parents that... The symptoms we see in a developing child that have a connection, as you've said, to a food intolerance, to a nutrient deficiency, for example, vitamin D or gluten, in a child we're going to see developmental symptoms because those are what we're looking for. We're worried about how they're developing verbally and are they making their milestones and, you know, um, uh, of course, communication, uh, socializing, um, appropriate behaviors. We're, We're really studying those, you know, as parents. Right. In adults, we're going to still see symptoms as a result of food intolerances and nutrient deficiencies. It's just the symptoms are different. Right. So many times I'm sitting there with a family. Oh, yes. You know, working with an NASD child, autism spectrum disorder, 
and I'm looking at mom and dad and I'm going, mm, I get it. Uh, yeah. I see this, I see, you know, where, where it came from. And so you've really, one thing I've worked really hard to do is treating families uh, because really the, the child who's affected is sort of the, the, the end piece of a string of environmental exposures and triggers as, as we've discussed. Right. And very often it, it is running through the family. It's, but you're seeing different symptoms in different members or no symptoms at all because gluten sensitivity can be silent. Right. Um, Dr. Makari, we have to take a break. Um, sure. So we'll come, come right back. But you were listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Um, three years ago, I found a great article in the magazine Parents. The headline read Sugar Shock. And you think about, you know, moms or dads making lunches for their kids. Um, but they looked at the peanut butter and jelly sandwich on whole wheat bread with a cup of applesauce and fruit punch. And you'd think that would, you know, be semi-healthy, but it actually turns out to be a whopping 76 grams of carbohydrates, which is actually 16 teaspoons of sugar. So if you have questions for us today or for Dr. Makari on autism, please call 651-641-1071. We will be right back. Dishing Up Nutrition has listeners in San Francisco, Miami, International Falls, and Billings, Montana. Whether you live in the Twin Cities or across the country, nutritional guidance is as close as your phone. Nutritional Weight and Wellness offers phone consultations for people at a distance or too busy for office appointments. Would you like to increase your energy, lower cholesterol, or resolve digestive problems? Here's how phone consultations work. First, complete a health history. Next, discuss your health goals with a nutritionist. Then she creates an eating plan for your biochemistry and lifestyle. You make the time, and Nutritional Weight and Wellness provides the plan and support. Make the call from the privacy of your home or office and get nutrition expertise from the people you trust. For information, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438. Outside the Twin Cities, call 888-805-8954, toll free. Or go to weightandwellness.com. to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here with Anna Derhock, licensed nutritionist, and Dr. Stacy McCary, a national expert on helping parents learn how to support their children with uh, that have autism nutritionally to reduce symptoms. You know, if you have questions for Dr. McCary this morning, give us a call at 651-641-1071. You know, even learning how to avoid hidden sugars like Anna was talking about Hidden sugars and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches yep. can be a powerful s- support to your child. Yes. And Dr. Makari, how long can you stay with us this morning on 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 the show? I can stay thirty more minutes. Okay, mm-hmm. very good. Because we've got we've got people calling in yeah. with questions, and yes. so this so, will be great. We are going to help. Happy oh, to help. Awesome. So we're going to take Katie's call. And Katie, hello. Yes. Good morning. Hi. You had a question on vitamin D for Dr. Makari? Well, I for anyone? it's not related to autism. I just I have a 5-month-old and I'm exclusively breastfeeding her. Um but I do give her a vitamin D supplement. Okay. And I'm just wondering how much I should be giving her. How many units I should be giving her? 5 5 months old. Uh that's a little mm-hmm. bit of a difficult question to answer uh in this type of forum. Uh, in general, we figure 1,000 milligrams per 25 pounds of body weight. So she probably weighs, uh, what, 18 pounds? 
Um, she's a small one, actually. She's only about 13 pounds. 13 pounds. So um, I, I cannot give direct medical advice without measuring you or her, of course. But if I were speaking in general, I would go very conservative with her, potentially maybe not even supplementing her directly, but supplementing you. Mm-hmm. So typically in a baby that young, I would supplement my mom's. And okay. I would supplement yeah. my mom's based on body weight. So if you're taking, say, an average recommendation of, say, 5,000 IU per day, um, which is kind of an an average amount in many supplements these days, at at five months, and again, I cannot directly treat her, but you're probably okay uh, if you're exclusively breastfeeding at this stage. We, We tend not to recommend a whole lot of supplementation in babies prior to six months, other than, say, probiotics. Mm -hmm. You know, simple okay. food type type supplements. Um, their gut probably isn't quite ready to accept too much at that point. So I would probably rely uh, more on uh, the breastfeeding at, at this stage. But you're getting close to that stage where at six to nine months you could maybe move into a supplementation. Um, okay. Does that make sense? Yes, very good. Yeah. Thank that, you so much. Yeah. That was a great question. That Thank was you. a great question. Thanks, Katie. Question. Thank you. And you know what? I want to about her question is um, I'm actually seeing parents come to me with little ones just like this that are not having problems. The parents are just saying, Doc, let's make sure nothing happens. So I really commend Katie for her question and for her efforts. Yes, I agree. I'd encourage her to see somebody like me just for consultation and and make sure as as every few months as her baby's developing that nutritionally things are going going well because she sounds like she's been doing her reading. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> or maybe awesome. she's just been yeah. listening to dishing up nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> or listening, or listening. Yes, yes. So um, we, we have another caller. Yes, we have another caller. Um, Don is on line two. Don, hello. Hi. Hi. You had a question on probiotics and antibiotics. Correct. Okay. I'm going to be on a six week to two month. Um, dose of antibiotics, okay. and I'm wondering if I should still take my pro-bi- pro- probiotics. probiotics. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Uh, in general, yes, we, we, we generally do not recommend that people stop their probiotic uh, in conjunction with an antibiotic. In fact, it's extremely important for anyone taking an antibiotic to pair it with certain probiotics, and there are some specifics. The one general rule, of course, is that you do want to um, spread apart your dosing of your antibiotic and your probiotic by as far as you can. So let's say you're taking an antibiotic dose twice a day, maybe once at 7 in the morning and once before bed. Uh, You want to give yourself about three, four hours in between your probiotic dosing. Okay, Mm -hmm. so like take that at noon? Yes. Exactly, in order to obtain the appropriate absorption. But uh, in general, anyone taking an antibiotic, wants you want to be extremely faithful with your Mm -hmm. probiotics. It will help you move through this difficult phase. I mean, what are we looking at here? Uh, Six weeks of, you said six weeks to two months of an antibiotic. Right. Mm -hmm. That's that's quite some time. We always talk about the fact that people need to take bifidobacteria as their mm-hmm. primary uh, beneficial probiotic, because that is what is the most prevalent in the intestinal tract. And sometimes the the people prevalent. go and buy acidophilus, and that's fine, but 
you really need some bifidobacteria. Well, and really, if I could again speak in general for someone taking an antibiotic, frankly, I would probably combine three strains, bifido, lacto, and potentially another one called Saccharomyces boulardii. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. many times there are, right. that's kind of the triple threat. Yep, that <laughs> is. <laughs> So more information than you even wanted, I bet. Yes. (laughs) I can't help myself. Thank you. So thanks for the call. Thanks, Don. Um, Great question. Um, But when I, getting back to kind of, the autism and um, yeah. and what other things kind of affect it. Um, when when I teach our weight and wellness series, um, we kind of explain the dangers of trans fats and how you know they interfere with the cell reception of hormones, neurotransmitters, and even insulin. Um, have you found like a connection um, or a piece of the puzzle to autism and trans fats? Well. Now, because the children are so young, they typically haven't been significantly exposed. Okay. Uh, But, of course, we know trans fats are extremely negative physiologically. And I do evaluate uh, the trans fat status in the kids that we're evaluating in order to figure out an appropriate treatment plan. We want to understand not only their essential oils, uh, the omega-4s, the omega-6s. We also want to understand the trans fats. Uh, the saturated fats as well, because there are some that we need. Mm-hmm. So uh, I haven't. I have to say I haven't directly seen papers, but again, we're, my sense there in my experiences, I would have to answer that if they're getting exposed, they're probably predominantly getting exposed in utero during yes. pregnancy. Right. You know, and again the. One of the main factors that plays into that that there is evidence in is the insulin sensitivity, as you mentioned. And mm-hmm. we're having plumper and plumper babies, yes. as oh, you probably yes. know, yeah. and it really isn't healthy. So, and, and how I would encourage your listeners to think about that is that if you're eating those trans fats, you're exposing your child already environmentally mm-hmm to something that can trigger this cascade of inflammatory responses. Right. And let us remember that predominantly autism is what we call a neuroinflammatory disorder. And when you guys are treating obesity in your wellness centers, you know, you're essentially treating an inflammatory disorder, yes, which is we obesity. Are. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes. Right. yes, we are. And you mm-hmm. know how it affects people's brains as well yep. because they have depression, anxieties, typically, you know, mood mood disorders along with it. Same thing, really, there's a similar mechanism. Look at that comparison going on in the children. It's just Mm -hmm. neurologically, we're seeing the neurologic symptoms, but at the core, it is a neuroinflammatory condition going on that's often predominantly affecting two spots, their gut and their brain. Mm Right, and you're seeing that in your adults as well with the trans fats. Yeah, right. And you know, I think just for listeners who maybe just tuning in and they're driving to the state fair this morning, (laughs) (laughs) listen up, people. (laughs) We have lots of competition, don't we? Yes. So what? uh, Let's just talk a minute, Anna. Maybe just before we go to break, is what are trans fats? (laughs) I mean, I think that's a lot of people don't even know what trans fats are. And I always think of the first thing that pops into my brain would be a muffin that you'd be picking up at, um, you know, S-A, Caribou or Caribou. some essay mm-hmm. or any of those. That's going to be full of trans fats it, yeah. because it has that 
partially hydrogenated fat in it. Right. And what would you think of, Anna? <laughs> and you're driving to the state fair now. Sweet Martha's cookies. <laughs> Sweet Martha's cookies. And that's going to have trans fats in it. Yep. And Twinkies. And Twinkies. Yes, twink, <laughs> Twinkies and Ho-Hos. Anything probably packaged yep. that tastes sweet is usually going to have some type of trans fat in it. And, you know, French fries. Yeah, French fries. Cr- some, a lot of crackers. Yes. I mean, some cereals even have trans fats. Absolutely. Bread, some trans yeah. fats. So... They're hard to avoid unless you really get sharp with your label reading and aware of what you're putting in your mouth. Of course, broccoli doesn't have trans fats (laughs) Of course not, right. (laughs) But you usually can't get broccoli at the state fair on a stick. (laughs) Maybe Um, it would be fried and dipped in chocolate. Yes, you're you're right, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, we're going to go to to our second break. Uh, You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. and since it is time for your children to go back to school, it may be the perfect time for also a personal um, change in your, your eating habits um, So and your family nutrition, obviously. So the week of September 13th, our weight and wellness classes will begin. And I'm teaching the one in Maple Grove. Yes. I'm very excited. I'm, yes. fi- I'm getting back into it. Uh, Wendy will be teaching Wiper Lake. Lynn in St. Paul. Angela in St. Paul. That must be the... Well, we got a, a day and an evening, I okay. think. Okay, that's I hope a, yep, so. Monday nights and Saturday mornings. Yes. Uh, Joan in Cambridge and Mary in Chanhassen. And then we also have classes Lakeville, Woodbury, and Edina. So please make make the, the change now. You know, if you have aches and pains or you're just trying to lose that extra 20 pounds, um, you'll have way more energy. Your heartburn will go away. And, um, We'd love to see you. So um, give us a call at 651-699-3438 if you have questions. And you can go on our website. And our website, which is weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Now, nutrition is such an important topic for children and adults. And as a special education teacher in my past life, you know, mm-hmm. I actually realized the importance of nutrition for children even then. So I was so pleased to create the Food Connection to ADD, ADHD, the class, and we will be teaching that class in our Lakeville office on September 15th. And Angela is a great teacher with this, Mm -hmm. and she's got the nutrition knowledge, and Mm -hmm. she's got personal, tried, and true ideas She's done it with her own, so she knows <laughs> what works, and so and she has brings samples of different mm-hmm. things, and she's a great teacher. Yes. So if you are interested in that class, uh, call our office at six five one six nine nine three four three eight, or just go online and look at weightandwellness dot com, and you can figure out the time and everything. That's right. So we um, have callers and yes, questions. We and have all callers. Kinds of um, Kathy. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Oh, hi. hi. Um, I have a question um, about my grandson. He is six months old, and from about three months old, he has what doctors are calling eczema. Mm-hmm. And I was just curious. I just want you to comment on, because I'm so in tuned with nutritional pain and wellness, I see that eczema, and I think about gluten intolerance. And at that age... I didn't know if there could possibly be any connection, um, but I just, you know, I've read some things about uh, gluten intolerance and, and rashes and I think, like that. you know, honestly, we think gluten and we think dairy and yep. uh, Dr. McCurry, yeah. Yeah. weigh in on this. 
moment. I'm, I'm jumping up and down here. Yes, uh, there is strong evidence, and both uh, in, in experiences, just as the ladies have described with you here, and in the literature, there are strong connections to rashes, eczema-type symptoms to both gluten sensitivity and casein sensitivity. Mm-hmm. So, Which is dairy. Which yes. is dairy. So yes. either one of those could be a culprit or both. Most likely, it's going to require a combination of both of those diets uh, because once that cascade of inflammation and antibodies is being produced by either one of those proteins, uh, that both adults and children tend to develop what's called an intestinal permeability or what we sometimes hear this concept called leaky gut. And what that means is certain proteins are entering the bloodstream that should not from our digestive system exiting into our bloodstream in very tiny little quantities, building up antibodies, and then these antibodies can attack vulnerable tissue. In this child's situation, the vulnerable tissue is his skin. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing symptomology in his skin. Now, when we have these sensitivities to gluten or casein, again, which is the dairy protein and then the wheat protein, either one of them, you also often see skin conditions as a result of nutritional deficiencies that, mm-hmm. that come from down the line, often connected there again to essential oils and vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole cascade mm. that occurs to heal. We have to look at what we're putting in, what we're literally eating, what we're fueling our bodies with, and what we shouldn't put in. <laughs> you sort of have to look at what, what should I eat, what should I not eat. Uh, and then you also have to look at how do I heal the damage that's already occurred because by the time you're seeing a symptom like eczema, there's a lot going on for this child. Yeah. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of help. And, yeah. it, and it's, you know, probably won't be too difficult to help him, but there are some things that need to, to be done. Does that make sense? You know, I think yeah. one of the, let, let, let me share a personal story because, you know, we're talking from grandma to grandma uh-huh. here. So when my little willow, our little willow in our family was born, and she just turned eight, and she was born in a couple of days, and if it wasn't when she came out, she had some eczema. And what was interesting is that, of course, she was being breastfed, Mm -hmm. and actually my daughter had to change her yeah. whole personal eating plan yeah. with and, and and take out the gluten and the dairy mm-hmm. and actually egg protein too. Yeah. She had I to take so. it out of her diet and then Willow's skin cal- calmed mm-hmm. down and so did her nervous system. Yeah. And I th- we were hurt. I think we were so fortunate to have the knowledge yeah. to be able to do that mm-hmm. because without that knowledge uh, probably more damage would have been done and it would have occur- occurred probably to the brain. Yeah. Oh, you are and so to- correct. And I think what we often forget mm-hmm. is we forget about, just like I said, what we're feeding ourselves and the child. Yes, yes. And we think breastfeeding is healthy. Yes, it is healthy, but you are passing those maternal antibodies to the baby and mm-hmm. proteins that you're eating are passing as well. And if you're sensitive to those or if the child is sensitive to those, you're, you're passing those in between, just as you're passing essential oils to the baby and you're, you're feeding the baby vitamin D and minerals. Uh, that's their only source mm-hmm. of nutrition. 
Uh, so we need to be very careful that mom is healthy. Yep. Yes. And I think sometimes we look around and we think, oh my gosh, there, there, the, that mom is drinking a Mountain Dew and oh, she's, gosh, yes. and she's, oh, the Diet Coke <laughs> and she's breastfeeding. And yes. then there, there's something. And then there's a, a lot of other women that are doing is everything they can possibly do to eat right. And they still are eating something that they need to eliminate. And that was mm-hmm. for sure my daughter. Yeah. She needed to eliminate quite a bit of things out of her diet. And, uh, but it, it really pays off when yeah. you, when you have the You have a happy baby too. Yep. And you have a happy I, baby. I've yeah. had to eliminate some of the stuff for Luke. Yeah. But it's worth it. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. And yeah. remember you, I just love what you said, Darlene there. And this is what I teach as well on, on my radio program and in the office. Uh, which is why I have to leave today. I have a program on at oh. 10 Eastern, yes. Yeah, so that's okay. why I have to leave and go on to my show. <laughs> okay. Um, but in any event, it's yes, education. You absolutely hit the nail on the head. Once people are educated, mm-hmm. then these things don't seem like a fad. You sort of mentioned how more people are gluten sensitive and things like this. It, it's not a fad. It, it's reality. It, you hit it so well mm-hmm. that that uh, knowledge is power. And when when you teach people a little bit about these mechanisms and how it's hurting them, uh, I heard Anna say, it's so worth it. Yes. But when they don't understand, Mm -hmm. they just feel like it's a punishment or it's silly or or it's just the fad of the day. But there's there's really hard science behind it. And, in fact, um, one of my big objectives in my career is, is to not only teach and educate physicians and other health professionals that don't understand nutrition. I also love to do public speaking, and, and which, of course, you're doing on this radio forum. And I don't know if you've shared with your listeners that we're having a, a public lecture uh, on, on autism spectrum disorders that I'm giving in Minnesota. Right, and that's going to be 17th. Friday, September 17th. Yes. And yes. that's between 7 and 9, and it's at the Rockwoods Banquet Center and at Sego. Oh, I, hate <laughs> I, I grew up around there, so it. I know what, how to say it. It's really near Elk River, yeah, but I could say Elk River. <laughs> and yes, the I, neat, the neat thing is, it's the fee is only ten dollars, mm-hmm. and you can register. And let me give you this number: it's eight hundred four 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 nine 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 eight, and that's to Sue, and it's extension one two three, and. You know, while we're talking about this, Dr. McCarr, what yes. what are you going to be talking about that night? Well, the the theme of the lecture is healing your child's brain. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, healing your child's brain. So I will be speaking to ADD, ADHD, developmental delays, autism spectrum, and the connection to nutritional healing, removing toxicity, uh, various forms of detoxification. I'll be speaking about some of the genetic connections and how we can actually treat those. We can't change our genes, but we can change how our genes respond to our environment. So I'll be educating actually very similarly with what I'll be educating the doctors on earlier in the day. So, um, but predominantly children, childhood developmental delays and how we can influence and help heal those through both diet and nutritional means will be the lecture. Uh, it'll be about an hour and a half presentation and then uh, at least 30 minutes for questions and answers. And it's a really wonderful opportunity. Uh, I think learning in this type of forum uh, really is empowering. 
You know, I think that, you know, one of the, I I have to share a client story because I've been working with a a young lady that is developmentally delayed. She has Down syndrome. And when I started working with her, say, three or four years ago, I mean, she was on all kinds of heart medications. She was on antidepressants. She was on, I mean, a whole list of medications. Mm -hmm. And in the process, she has lost let's see, over a hundred and some pounds, and I can't, 135 pounds. She is, she weighs now less than she did before. And how is her function? Is she doing better cognitively? She's working. She's exercising. She's off of her, all of her heart medication. She's off of all of her antidepressants. And now I only guided, it was her caregivers that did it and helped her. And they're the ones that have really, we have to, just applaud. Yeah, applaud. And it's just so neat to see. And she's happy now. And before she wasn't happy. Exactly well, she was, right. you know, she was drugged. And, you know, it's just amazing difference in her as a person. Right. And their goal is not, they're, they're doing this because they want to prevent Alzheimer's for her. Wow. And we know that yep. with Down syndrome, Alzheimer's is very prevalent as they get yes. just a little bit older. It is, again, a neuroinflammatory connection. Yes. And just to share with your listeners, that's sort of the root of, of my interest in children. Uh, my brother has Down syndrome. Okay. And so I grew up, you know, in that environment. And same thing with him uh, for five, I think, I think I finally managed to get him on a gluten-free, casein-free diet about seven years ago. He was on thyroid medication. Mm-hmm. He was on cholesterol mm-hmm. medication. He was on blood pressure medication. Yep. I hadn't been around. I'd been <laughs> running around the country working and uh, uh, was beginning to have some obsessive-type behaviors yes. and 80 pounds overweight. Yep. Yep. And yep. now no medicines. Oh, that's no great. pharmaceuticals now. And he's so, learned his own diet. So mm-hmm. your your talk is from your heart, too. Yes. And that, I think that's Experience. so important. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to take a quick yes, break. Yes, we do. And I have to go. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Macari. Uh, yes, you thank you. You are wonderful. We'll see you at the conference. Yes. Yes, thank you so much. Take we love having you. Thank you for having me. Yep. Thank you thank so you. much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, um, we are a company that um, wants to help you understand what you need to eat to keep you healthy. That's our mission, um, and it is clear looking at the obesity rates today, the increase in diabetes, the epidemic of all these autoimmune diseases. People need a lot of help and a lot of information. They do. And we want to give you that help. We can. So... Um, if you want, if you need our help, please call us. We can put on a seminar for your office, for your church, for your school. We're ready to help. So if you just give us a call at 651-699-3438. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, I just want to remind you of Dr. Macari's seminar Friday night. It's on September 17th, and it's at the Rockwood Banquet Center, and that is in? At Seagull. Oh, good. That's near Elk River. <laughs> and you can register. Just call 800-444-9998, extension 123, and that's to Sue. And it's only $10 for the whole evening. And it's going to be great. I, we were just visiting. We think her presentation is going to be a great presentation yep. because it comes from the heart. You can tell that. That's right. And she's got all this other knowledge and she really works with kids yeah i mean that's I mean, her she's just experience. not sitting yep. behind a research desk giving you know looking at research she's actually 
taking some of that research and applying it to real people. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what we do. Yep. I mean, that is really what we do. Definitely. And, you know, a couple of, and she had to leave to go and do another radio show. And so what we wanted to do is we had a couple of other questions for her. Yes. And, but we can probably talk about this. <laughs> we can. You know, Definitely. we were, one of the questions we were wondering is she has seen in research or in her personal practice, right. what affects um, the the uh, the mother's diet, the what she's eating, eating for fats, or if she's not eating fats. Right. You know, we're on. So many people are still on this low fat, no fat craze. Yeah, and so we know that the fetus's brain is what sixty to seventy percent fat. Yes, and so obviously we need good, good fat to make good brains. Yep. Yep. And I just, I have to tell you, you know, <laughs> there are so many of our nutritionists that have had babies in the last four or five years. And because they eat good fats, and what kind of fats do you eat, Anna? I eat butter and olive oil and avocados and coconut oil. I mean, almonds, any type of nut is a great fat. Yes. And, but you don't eat. I don't eat trans fats and mm-hmm. I don't eat refined oils. Yes. So a refined oil might be um, canola oil or soybean oil. Is those are two big ones? Um, veg any type of vegetable oil. Yes, it's refined. And you know, I hear there's certainly going to be a lot of corn oil this year. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's going to be lots of corn oil everywhere. Yes, surplus. And so that's a refined fat yeah. in a refined oil. And so we avoid those things. Yes. And so we look at the label and we avoid corn oil and soybean oil, mm-hmm. and we even avoid. Most canola, canola oils, oil, unless, unless it is unrefined. Yes, which then, would say expeller pressed or something like that. Right. right. And so it, it, you know, so if moms are, moms are always worrying about dieting, it seems yes. like. Especially after the baby. That is the worst thing you can do, especially if you're breastfeeding. Don't ever do that. My midwife told me to start eating more fat because my, because Lucas was not satisfied. So I'm eating a ton of fat, and that's important for that baby. And what's happening is by doing that, you're not eating sugar. The sugar, And you're actually losing weight, my guess. Isn't that true? Yep. I lost pretty much all my baby weight um, within three or four weeks of having Lucas. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. And you're eating more fat. I'm eating more fat. And so then you're making sure that that the brain has got the good fat. Yep. And and you feel better too. I feel better too. Yeah, I have more energy, and you know, got three kids. I need energy. So, I and just so people understand that eating the different the fat. Yes. We say yeah, avoid or low fat, no fat on trans fats. On trans fats, yes. But <laughs> increase good fat in a variety of good fats. Yes. Don't just eat nuts. Eat avocados, olive oil, butter, coconut yes. oil, the whole range. Because they all have good benefits. Yes. Yes. So then the other one that we wanted to talk about was this connection to some of the problems with dairy products. Yes. And there is a protein called... Casein. Casein. And so casein is actually this, the protein in uh, dairy products. Mm -hmm. And some people basically can't break it down. Right. And it causes, let, let's talk about some symptoms it may cause. Okay, well, a big one that comes to mind, um, eczema. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can cause acne, severe acne. Mm-hmm. Um, I Just, you know, it can cause diarrhea, constipation, a lot of different bloating, 
gas, inflammation, inflammation. In, in very many different ways. It can cause joint pain. Yeah, it can cause joint pain. It can it can affect your arterial walls. I yes. mean, you know, it can play a huge part in our heart disease. So, um, so again, a glass of milk may not be the best thing for kids to eat. Yes, it's interesting <laughs> when we see clients sometimes, and they are drinking. I see adult people, I mean adults, coming in and they are drinking five or six glasses of milk a day. And I go, oh, wow. And But they're also having a hard time losing weight. Mm -hmm. They're having a hard time getting rid of their aches and pains. And then I say, well, let's cut that out. Let's just cut it out for, you know, three weeks, six weeks, whatever. Let's give it a try and see how you feel. And it's amazing. They are just amazed with how much better they feel and yeah. how their skin, skin clears up. Yeah. And I and that was exactly what I, you know, I can always tell if Willow has gotten any cow dairy. Cow dairy, yeah. Cow dairy. Cow, <laughs> she can't eat cow. She can't eat cow. She's always saying that. I love it. <laughs> and, you know, as soon as she gets a little bit of it, there's a little outbreak of her skin. Yeah. My 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 niece, um, Nora, is the same way. So, um. I mean, and, and just so everybody's clear, casein, which is, again, the protein in dairy, reacts in the body a, a, in a lot of ways just like gluten. And I think uh, Dr. Makari did a good job of explaining how that happens, how it gets out into the bloodstream and starts making these antibodies. So um, it is very, very inflammatory. And, it, you know, and, and people, it, you know, it, it has different symptoms. So yes. it doesn't just have to be with the skin and things like that in the gut. So it's interesting to take a look at all this, but it takes a lot of knowledge, a lot of information. And, you know, I just want to, I just want to talk again, just a little bit, just to mention Dr. McCurry's presentation. It's going to be Friday, September 17th. And that is going to be, I mean, I can give the number again. It's 800-444-9998. And then again, we are teaching our nutrition for ADD, ADHD, this fall in, uh, I think it's September 17th, if I remember yeah. right. That was my notes, was and Angela notes, yeah. is going to be teaching that. And, uh, in Lakeville. That's in Lakeville. Yep. And so, but we are teaching these classes at different locations, too. Right. And people just need to check out and find out where they're, they're going to uh, take some of these. Yes. And, that, you know, they're usually not very expensive. No. They're very affordable, and you get a ton of great information and lively teachers, and um, and you'll change your life. You really will with nutrition. Yes. Oh. You know, one of the other things that I wanted to mention is, Anna, you're going to be teaching nutrition or weight and wellness class coming up. Yep. And that's coming up starting the so, week of September yeah. 12th. Yes. Great overview for any nutritional question you might have. Yes. So have a nice weekend, everyone. Yes. Happy Thank Labor you, Day. Annie. Thank you, Dar. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Life, I love you. All this groovy.